Thank you for the everlasting love with which you loved us. Thank you for the joy of the Spirit which you have given us. Thank you, Father, for restoring fountains of joy within our soul. We be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, tonight as we go into the Word, we ask for mercy tonight. Fahat elmina bariata eradahi nami halutafer. Fell noha, emsusefina kalte. O mahata venemeturiata veka, edifina, emprusafita kata. O premiana, emprusefi, mikar bata, barda, 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 kamia ostafia. O father, parono sefita kama. We ask, Father, tonight for mercy, Amen. even for to find grace for help tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we submit under you, under your word. Father, we submit under your spirit. O mahar vismi ardota irevini hargashte senihama emprofa emponiaka epratima zofene helto haprisofeni maha Father, we pray for help of your spirit tonight. Father, that we will be filled with your spirit again. By your word in the name of Jesus. That we pray for the baptism of your spirit. For the resting of your spirit upon each and every one of us. For your word tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you immerse us in your spirit. We pray for utterance even to speak your yes. word tonight. Yes. That you will grant us utterance in the name of Jesus. Amen. That we submit under your spirit even for to teach us tonight. Yes. We come under. We submit totally. We yield our spirit, soul, and body to you. We pray tonight that you will bless us with your word abundantly in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you make way for us able to find help tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the outpour of your spirit tonight upon hearts, even for to find you in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for for the evidence of your life. We pray for the baptism of your spirit in abundance. Because this baptism is the evidence of your life. We pray, Father, that you will manifest your spirit Lord, upon every heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, you will demonstrate your spirit to each and every one of us Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, for help, much help tonight. Amen. And we pray and we believe that you have answered us Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you have answered us. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 
Amen. Amen. Just welcome your neighbor. Say hi. Good evening. You are all welcome there. Just take a moment to to look at your neighbor's face. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I mean, I was happy to be here tonight. Please have our seat. Amen. Amen. And, and let us leave it moving up and down, okay? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. How many of us are happy to be here tonight? Amen. 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 Yeah, for some, some reason, I know I have a tongue, but I don't know if we have interpretation. But I'm still going to give it anyways and see if perhaps have an interpretation in the house. If not, we see what God will do. I just, in my spirit, I just, I know there is just a tongue there. Maybe it will not come in. We'll see. In my heart, we have a name of Shea Prata Fema, a priest, and Prata Vene Mata, and Psytophene Matefema, a Prata Vene Nospita Pana, a priest of Fema Catapina Matata, a pritopana, mitopana, a pritopana, matipana, opina, opina matipana, penota, penota fima, penota fima, fan mata, fan mata, imusafa, imusafa, imsufan mata, 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 o mata, 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 my mata, 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 imutufana. Persifa, Persifa, it meet mat, meet mat, meet mat, meet mat, meet mat, meet 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 mat, meet mat, meet mat, a prefeet of fat, feet not, feet not, feet mat, press fina, cement, some part, feet part, feet part, part. Part, 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 but part of it, I have a sense about the need interpretation. Amen. Amen. Maybe, maybe heaven will, will help us to interpret. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, but one thing I just sense in my spirit is there's, it's almost like there's a, I know there's something God wants to do in, in heart. Amen. Amen. And it's almost like an initiation Amen. and an opening. 
It doesn't matter the sins that I did. So I don't, I don't know exactly what it's pertaining to, but I know for sure that God is God is about to do something. Amen. It's almost, it's almost like they're just letting us know. Okay, so this is what I want to do. But in my spirit, I know they, they are talking about feet, part, and also they are talking about his matter. Uh, when I say his matter, means his things. And the tongue is saying, my matter. I, I perceive they are asking us to pay attention to his things. His thing that is of high importance. Right? Uh, or this what the scripture will refer to as weightier matters. Mm. Amen. Mm. Now, weightier matters are, are, are matters of God. Mm. Amen. Mm. There, are, there, are, there are things that are not weighty in the spirit. There are things mm. that's, that's light. Wow. Mm. And really, to be sincere, everything that is not God mm. is light. Anything that has nothing yes, to do with God is light. Right. So, mm. I'm pretty sure there is more like mm. a sense of. Because when that word matter is coming, I have a sense. Of paying attention to God's things, mm. of His things that actually matter to you, mm. because God's things is what matters to you. Mm. Most everything else will follow mm. after that. Yes. When it comes to God's things, that's what matters. Mm. Amen. Amen. And uh, they're talking about feet and path, and I believe that is more, more, more also talking about growth. Mm. Now the reason why I say it's about good is because those two things, feet and path. It's what the word creates mm. when mm. they are teaching the soul in doctrine. So feet is to walk on a path, mm. but the path must be open. Mm. Amen. Now that feet is also talking about the gospel. So what enables feet is the gospel of God, or the gospel of Christ is the enabler of feet, and Jesus is He who creates the path. And the path is the path of righteousness. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So they are talking about strengthening feet in the path of righteousness. But there are many things concerning that path which they have to open up. Mm. Right? Because you don't it's impossible to find see the path of righteousness is what is not what every believer goes to. Mm. The moment you get born again doesn't mean you find the path of righteousness. That path is hidden. It's the way you begin to see the path to begin to journey in the path of righteousness is by revelation. They have to reveal the path, right? And then feet now needs to start journeying in the path. What would minister the, the opening of the path is actually the gospel of Christ, which is the feet that they're referring to. No, there's, 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 a, it's not a, well, there's, there's, there's an understanding around that feet and then the path. And that feet is not just one thing. It's talking about our feet mm. ought to walk, but it's also talking about the feet of the gospel. Because the scripture in uh, Romans, I believe in Romans, that says, how beautiful, Romans 9 or 10, right? It says, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring it good tidings. Right? That bring it good tidings of good. I say, how beautiful are the feet Mm-hmm. Now those feet, or these that bring it good tidings, means the feet is tied to good tidings, mm-hmm. right? Because how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good tidings? So it means that when the feet, when the feet of them that bring good tidings come, what we begin to see is beauty. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Right? Now says, How beautiful are the feet mm. of them that bring it good tidings. Amen. Amen. So I perceive so it's talking about that feet which brings the, the gospel. And also talking about our feet which needs to walk in the path of righteousness. Amen. Amen. So I believe they're going to strengthen our feet Amen. to join in the path of righteousness. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I don't do we understand that? Yes, I, I believe I encourage. Yes, Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know if I should teach another area, but I don't I don't I don't know. Because I think I think I'll just I'll I'll see how God will lead us. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, how many of us want to learn about the feet of the gospel? <laughs> yeah, a lot of us want to learn about the feet of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Um, but I don't know. I can, I can, I can try, but I don't know. No, but that's, that's what that's, I mean, this feet prophecy is not new. It's not new. That tongue is not new. That particular tongue is new. I don't know. It has been coming since for the I would say for the past two years. Yeah. It was here last year. It was here the year before. To be honest, I think I think that 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 has been coming since we actually pretty much started. I don't even know. Or not long after. That tongue is so it means that <laughs> there's something that heaven is doing concerning that prophecy. When it talks about the feet and the gospel. Mm. And one thing I'm sure of for sure is that they want to make us beautiful. Amen. Inside Amen. out. Amen. Amen. I, I don't think it's good to be beautiful. Mm. When I say beautiful, I'm not talking about our faces. We're already fine. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm talking about inwardly. Yeah. Amen. How many of us, okay, when you talk about beauty, my, let me ask you a question. When, when you think about God beautifying you, what do you see? Mm. Let me ask, what do you see? All of us, all of us must have there. And this one is like, ah, let me think about it. Okay, I'm fine. Let's just say it now. When you think about God beautifying you, what comes to mind? What do you see? Yeah. Go ahead. When my soul is saved. Okay, what, what does that look to you? What, does, what, what, what do you see when you see that? Then I'll be perfect now. Okay. Yeah. What kind of what what do you imagine about yourself? I'll be just like Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm. okay. How when 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 I say you'll be like Jesus Christ, do you see how Jesus is? Mm. Okay, so I mean I maybe I've given the S for already. Because <laughs> now nobody wants to talk again. Who wants to add to it? And when you think about you God making you beautiful, what do you what do you see? Somebody has talked, so somebody else must talk. For me, it's just um, like the beauty is more so to my soul. Like my soul will struggle to obey righteousness. My soul will wrestle with the word. Will wrestle. It will just be at ease with righteousness. Who else wants to add to it? Yeah, go ahead. Um, 
We hate sin. We hate what it means to to we hate sin. We hate anything that separates me from God. Everything about my soul will be what God loves. My soul will not have will not wrestle with the works of the flesh. My soul will no longer be carnal. My soul will be just natural. My soul will be spiritual. My soul will love effortlessly without struggle. My soul will do obedience without struggle. There will just be life oozing out of me. Like I will just there will be so much peace. There will be so much joy inside of my soul living and doing what is right. Obeying God. Being free of anger, of envy, of strife, of malice, of evil speaking, all these things, or of evil thoughts. All my soul will will think on is everything beautiful about God, everything God, righteousness, life, everything that God has said. My soul will delight itself in studying the world. My soul will delight itself in loving God. There will just be so much joy, unexplainable joy in my soul that the world cannot bring, cannot give me. There will just be, then my soul will get to the point where it says, nothing can satisfy me. There's nothing I want to satisfy me other than God. I just want God and God alone. So that's, that's what I say. Amen. Amen. Do you want to say something? Oh no. Amen. We all said beautiful things. Amen. 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 I'm glad that you are excited. I know, and I'm glad that Joe was very excited. Ah, yes, it's good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes when when we read scripture, we don't usually, or let me say one of the, the, injured, I would say injuries, to really pursue certain things, when we see certain things in God, is usually tied to our ability to see those things. Amen. Amen. So um, let me read, um, I think I'll just flow from here. Let's read Romans chapter 10. I'll, I'll actually read that scripture. Romans chapter 10 verse... Let me read from verse 14. Amen. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. Without a word? Without a preacher. Verse 15 says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. I mean, how many of us know where the scripture came from? Hmm? How many of us know where the scripture came from? One of us here. Okay. 
this 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 scripture was actually quoted by Paul, but this particular scripture is in the book of Isaiah. Mm. Amen. Amen. So Paul was literally quoting Isaiah here, but. Uh, let me let me read from so give us a context of why Paul is saying this. Let's read from verse one of chapter ten. Say, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Therefore, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses discovered the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. So, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord, mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. But there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Amen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How and how shall they believe in, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Amen. So we see here, Paul was pretty much talking about the um, the was talking to the church, right? It was specifically talking concerning those that are Jew, right? Uh, it started that. He started from there saying that he wish that his brethren, which are Jew, right, they are, they, they have the righteousness of God pretty much. But you can see from his study in the first, he said the one thing is that they have a zeal. But this zeal is not according to knowledge, right? Then later, I began to talk about how to you know, get born again, and then he started talking about believing on the name of Jesus, right? And I said, but how can you believe without hearing the gospel, right? Because whosoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. But to get to the point where people will call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, then they have to be preachers, which must be sent. Right, so um, I know some people are saying that everybody is a preacher. That uh, is a lie. Not everybody is not everybody is a preacher. <laughs> everybody now, everybody can share the gospel. Right, for example, when if I'm at work as a Christian, I should be able to share the gospel. Right, I should be able to evangelize normally. Right, 
but that is different from the fivefold ministry, which is an office which God gave to edify the saints, to edify the body. Right? How many of us know the fivefold ministry? Do we, I think we all know. The, do we all know the fivefold ministry? Okay. Now, the fivefold ministry is in the book of Ephesians, chapter four, verse twelve. Right? Who can help us read it? Coming from verse 11, because 12 is, 12 is talking about what the fivefold will do. Coming from 10, actually, read from 10. He that descended in the same also, mm. that ascended of far above all heavens, that he might do all Perfect. things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, Perfect. and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. You see, and that's a 4D perfecting, perfecting of the same. Now see that the perfection of the saint is tied to this ministry. For some, he gave apostles, prophets, right, pastors, teachers, evangelists, right. Now, all of the things that they mention about these offices. So, an apostle is he who can pretty much. It's, it's, it's almost like founders, they can go and start a work, right? But it's much more beyond that. Amen. Because most of the because there are different now this one I, I can't tell specifically, but there are but Egin mentioned four classes of apostles. So when we talk because of apostolic office, there's even four different classes. That Egan mentioned. There's first class, second class, third class, fourth class. Jesus is the first class. Is the first class. Nobody can be like there's, there's no other apostle. There's no other apostle that can be in that except Christ. There's no other person that can be in that range again. Right? So, because I know there are some misconceptions about because the way people think about this thing, they just think about it's about ability. Right? It's not everybody that starts a work that is an apostle. Right? But some are. But the characteristics of an apostle is that they start something from nothing. Right? Now, but it's not it was not everybody that starts something that's an apostle. Right? Because most people now they start something even when they are not led these days. If God did not send them to go and do something. Or let's say God asks them to do something, but they have not been raised to the point where they can actually do it. And they just launch. Literally, they've not moved into the office. God puts them for them to start the work, right? So when God imagine when God tells somebody, "I'll make you a preacher," does not mean immediately you're already a preacher. Mm. But most people, the moment they hear that, ah, said I'll be a preacher, I'm going. But they won't. There's no growth, nothing, mm. right? And one thing about God, God doesn't just do things anyhow. Everybody must grow. Growth is very essential. And for people to stand in offices, it means they must have grown. Because for you to stand in an office, you must have built nature, wisdom, to be able to do what God... Most of the time, the work that God is doing is progressive. So God will tell you, okay, we are going to start a work, but that doesn't mean immediately you're already qualified. Or God will say, I'll make you a prophet. doesn't mean immediately you're a prophet. All those things, right? Now, we have... Because most people... 
can start things, right? But it's not only the apostles. Now you have prophet. Now it's possible that many of us, as we are here, prophecy can come. In short, it's possible all of us can prophesy. But it doesn't mean that we are all prophets. Right? So there's the office, there is the gift of prophecy, there is the office of a prophet. And it's not just the office of a prophet is not just about prophesying. Right? And I know there's been a lot of misconception about that office in the sense that the moment somebody can prophesy now, they are already they, immediately they are prophets and prophetesses. Hmm? That's partly part of the problem we have whereby you see many prophetesses. And then and what, in short, what, what they are doing can be confusing to some others sometimes. Because one, they might not have been trained. Right? Because most sometimes when people go with gift without being raised. Now, the thing is, for somebody to stand in the office of a prophet, there are things that they must carry. And most of the time, it's not usually one thing. There are a couple of things that come together. Especially understanding. Right? Now, there is, there, is, there, is a, there is a connection between a prophet and an apostle. Now, a prophet prophesies. An apostle does what the prophet prophesies. I don't know if that makes sense. So the way I'm saying it is, a prophet is an architect. Right? Because they can prophesy. But an apostle can discern what is prophesied. Does that make sense? Because many people may be in the garden that they, as they are prophesying, everybody, there's a way everybody might be yes. thinking. Yes. <laughs> but if they are an apostle and they hear the prophecy, they will be able to tell. Yeah. And this is how you know. Sometimes maybe they are prophesying something and then you see somebody interpret. Yeah. You're like, and what they are interpreting is totally different from you. You realize that there's a different mind they used to interpret this thing. Yeah. <laughs> if, you see, if you've seen that kind of operation before. So, there's, there's a flow between the prophets and apostles. Then you have teachers, right, that teaches what the apostle and the prophet establish. Mm, wow. Right, so the teacher don't just come and start teaching. So now I've, I've, I've got a revelation today, yes, teach me. Wow. There's something, they, they teach. Mm. You know, I don't realize that all these things actually is, is almost how they hand out doctrine. Because when an apostle teaches a doctrine, then a teacher will take and begin to teach the yeah. church. Yeah. Right? Wow. Now you now have the I now realize that in as much as everybody can teach in a sense. Because let's say you're amongst your your friends, you are you're all gisting. Sometimes you can be teaching about Bible. Right? But that doesn't mean that because you are in a way teaching it means you are a teacher, a teacher. in the office yeah. that God has said. No. But of course, you usually you you will easily find the ability to teach for those that are in the office. So, for example, and here's one thing: naturally, almost every guy that hear the revelation almost wants to start teaching it. But it doesn't mean that everybody's a teacher. I know ladies most of the time. Though, most of the, I don't know why, but ladies most of the time they are not excited to go and start teaching. They are more concerned about understanding. I don't know. I don't know why. But I think partially God set it that way. Because yeah. it's almost like an innate nature that God put yeah. inside yeah. for men. Because men ought to be priests and teachers of their own home. Yes. Um, right? Yeah. So you can see that nature wow. flowing out. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, but 
But again, but that's because the teach does not mean that they are faster. Sometimes the women that is here and want you to learn and understand, sometimes they might journey far before, before the guy that is coming. Right? The guy that is just teaching. So being able to teach is not a factor. Right? To 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 I mean it's a good thing, right? But it's not the main thing to use to judge things, right? So then you now have evangelists, right? And then evangelists are those that have they have, they, they have special ways to convert. If they preach here like this, you see billions giving their life to Christ. You might have been going there and be trying to preach and they might have been wondering what's going on. No, you realize that grace is different from grace. Yes, sir. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But that doesn't mean because there are evangelists, doesn't mean that only them evangelize. Yes, you see, churches do evangelism. Yes, right? You yourself, you are, as, you are, as you are naturally being existing, you are evangelizing. Yes, now, I'm saying this just to explain certain things, to make it clear yeah. that, see, all these offices, you might see yeah. it in people, doesn't mean that the people are in that office. Yes, so there is the office. Again, thought about that very well. Right, there's the fivefold ministry which God set to perfect the saint. If that is clear, right? So those offices, and I'm saying this specifically to debunk that idea that some people have that everybody among all of us who always have prophet, apostle, it's not apostle teachers, evangelists, it's not like that. Amen. There can be many people there. Most of them prophesy. Some of them they preach to people around them. Some of them they teach. Some of them they prophesy because in short, it's possible all of us can prophesy. You'll be shocked. But that doesn't mean that because they do that, they are in that office. So a lot of a lot of people get that misconcepted or that misconception. Now, a lot of people. Because they are made us king and priest, they can start saying all kinds of things that were already here. But it's not true. Because there's a lot of misconception. God does call people that He will actually send. And when He sends them, He will give something. Now, the same way Paul was, Paul was actually sent. The same way God encountered Paul, called him, and then sent him. Because in her realizing Acts 26, you read it well. And I said, I will come to you, then I will now send you to the people who, for, to whom I now send thee. So they are sending him. And it's not everybody. And you check, the church has many believers that preach. But it doesn't mean that all of them are sent. And when they are sent, they are giving special grace to do what they are sent to do. Right? <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm saying it just to clarify certain things because I know all in this world we now have all kinds of things and teachings coming even into the church that will now start saying that uh, everybody preaches everybody is, uh, you know as soon as you have people that are and there are all kinds of things and some don't, some don't even believe in people being sent like so and meaning that maybe somebody come and say oh, ah you know, there's a work that I'm doing you know certain things that God is you know establishing. They be like, no, they're not the only person, blah blah. You know, that, there's, there's all different kind of thought. That is satanic, because the scripture does distinct, distinctively clarify that there are saints. There are those that are sent. God gave gift to men for the perfecting of the saints, 
The saints are also believers. So if he says he gave some, it means it's not all. Right? He gave some apostles, some prophets. And, and some people also interpret that as because some prophets, some apostles, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists, they think because there are some, 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 they think that as we are all here, some of us are this, some of us are this, some of us, and they could say, but they could say that in, just in all of us gathering together now, some of us, it's not true. When they say some, doesn't mean that everywhere you see all of us gather. No. Some means specific. Right? Some. And which means that all these sums will come together to perfect the saint. Amen. Amen. So, there is that, and there is the same. So, some people that used to argue that, I don't know. But there is that. Back to Romans. So, I'm just using that to, to show us that God does send people. Right? So, in, when you now say that people are not getting born again, right? And they're calling upon the name of the Lord, and they have to be sent. Say, so, so how, how can they hear, except they hear the words? How can they call, right? Except they hear. How can they hear, except they be preachers? How can they be preachers, except the preachers are sent? Right? So that's what he's saying. Except they are saying. He said, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring what? That preach the gospel of of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So that's what Paul is saying. But he drew this this scripture from Isaiah. And these preachers whose feet are beautiful, it's not everybody. Amen. Because these preachers, they are specific people that God sent to preach the gospel of peace. But that gospel of peace, now, the reason why I didn't want to talk too much, because there's something I'm driving at, and I don't want to stay there too much. If not, there'll be a lot of questions. Right, because I don't, I don't think we are there yet to learn this about. It only goes that you know, came that Tomasha, but I don't know why. Sha. I guess it's just to throw me into a thought. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, but I, I have a sense. Maybe perhaps I'll still talk about it. The only goes as a way of explaining this. Maybe it's to get us running, Amen. get us, get us thinking. Amen. Amen. But we we'll get, we we'll get. There's a thought in my heart. I hope I get there quickly. Now says that. How beautiful are them that preach the gospel of peace? Now, this gospel of peace is not every gospel. It's not just preaching to a believer and say, Hi, how are you doing? The Lord loves you. Please give your life to Christ and let you get born again. That's not just, that's preaching, but that's not necessarily the gospel of peace. Right? Because there's a way we interpret the scripture that, you know, Christ gives peace. When you believe in him, there's just this peace that comes upon you. So people easily attach that to when you preach Christ, you are preaching the gospel of peace. But not necessarily. This gospel of peace is actually a gospel in the spirit. Is it clear? So the gospel of peace is actually God's own gospel. So God calls it the gospel of peace. But the gospel of peace is not the only gospel that God preaches. There's also the gospel of glad tidings of good things. That is further 
to gospel of peace. Amen. Amen. Now, so when you are talking about the Farhanoma heart of fire, right, when you are talking about these gospels, now the gospel of peace is it actually specifically talks about the gospel of faith of the son. Right? Mm. But it's not that's not about it alone. Yes. It is this gospel of peace that talks about life and peace. Mm. Does it make sense? Yes, sir. <laughs> now, when you talk about life and peace, you can see it differently in scriptures where God was talking about covenant. When talking in Malachi chapter 2, I believe, he said, my covenant is with Levi. My covenant is with him of what? Life and peace. That's, can we read it actually? I'll go to Malachi chapter 2. Since I'm, I'm, I'm finding it comfortable to I'm finding it comfortable to read my Bible today. I'm not using my tab- tablet. So I guess I'll just stay there. Amen. Amen. So Malachi chapter 2, I'll read from verse verse 4. And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, said the Lord of hosts. Verse 5. My covenant was with him of life and peace. And I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. Amen. Amen. Now, this statement is coming from. Do you, I don't know if it's not Eliezer. I think it's Eliezer. See, please, we have to read this Old Testament. Now, I'm saying this. Let me explain. So, this scripture is coming from. What is further in the Old Testament where Israel was committing fornication and adultery, and then Eliezer, who was from Levi, took a is it javelin or spear and then he struck those that were fornicating. So, because of God, like we're a nation of righteousness, why are you doing this? So, which means that what he did was actually for righteousness, right. So where would he feared my name? Right? So that's why God gave Levi that covenant. Right? Because they out of all of Israel, they were the ones that were separate from what Israel was doing. Pretty much the rest of Israel was gone to the world. But this one were like, no, now we shall keep the, the law. What's all this nonsense? Bah! Right? So God saw that in him. He was like, ah, this one feared me. So he now gave Levi, because from the tribe of Levi. God now gave Levi the covenant of life and peace. Now, but the, but when you talk about life and peace, they are talking about a kind. So, life and peace is someone's life. Life and peace is actually Christ's life. When you move into Christ's life, the first thing you come into is life. Does that make sense? Now, when you grow in life, you end in peace. Wow. So, covenant is with Levi of life and peace. So, we now hear scriptures like He has given all things pertaining to life. It's referring to that life beginning, pertaining to life and godliness. That also means life and peace. A godly man 
is a man that has come to peace. Mm-hmm. So, when, so sometimes we will not see them in scripture because of the way it is hidden. Right? And the way it is written. But there's a way to tell them. So my covenant is given not all pertaining to life and godliness. Godliness and peace, they're actually referring to the same position in growth. Amen. So it's a, it's, 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 it's a nature. So you have a nature of life, you then come into a nature of peace. It's, or let me put it this way. Peace is a more congealed life. Does that make sense? Because he now said, I have come that you, my word, have life and have it more abundantly. So if you have life, you have life. When you have life more abundantly, or if you have life abundantly, you have peace. Does that make sense? <laughs> now, I'm, I, I don't want to confuse us with this concept of life and peace thing. But what I want to draw out of there is that life, right, is actually what begins to come to a soul when we are beginning to lend the faith of the sun. When the faith of the sun begins to flow and come, what we are beginning to receive is actually life. Now that tells us one thing, that the moment we get born again is not the moment we start receiving life. Now when we get born again, we have life in our spirit. But much more life needs to come to our soul. Much more. Much more. And I realize that when you give your life to Christ, right, to Jesus, and you now begin to read the Bible, when you begin to interact with Scripture, you now realize that somehow you are gaining life. Mm. And there's a way some people, you know, when we were in church on Sunday, and our, the pastor was asking us, when you, you, have you read the Bible this week? I said, yes. Asking of us. Now ask questions. So when you read, what do you feel? Someone, someone mentioned peace. Same that's a good one. Another person mentioned, or he also mentioned life. Now that's the question. You see, it gives a life. What does that mean to you? So, obviously, it has nothing to do with receiving. <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't classified that because the only way I can explain it is, you know, you have, when you say uh, a cat has seven lives, right? And then when they die, you wake up again and then die. It's like, you know, when you have a video game and you're playing, you know, they usually give the player like, like three lives. <laughs> so, when you say we receive life from God, it's not like that. But, but mm. the person reading and something is coming to them knows that they are receiving something. I don't know how to explain it. But that thing which they are receiving is life. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. Right? Mm. But they can't really interpret what that life is. But it is life. So the word, because Jesus said the word, what I speak to you, my word, I speak to you, they are, what, they are spirit and they are life. There's a way it comes, and the truth of the matter is, when we start receiving life, right? What we are receiving, I don't know how to put it, because the lack I'm talking about, I'm talking, trying to talk about our experience, something we gain when we read scripture, and that thing is life, but it's not life. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to use that the life to explain it, but to see that interaction. It's almost like a taste of what life is. Wow. So when we get born again, we, oh, we have life. Uh-huh. We have life. The word of God gives life because there's a way it quickens you somehow. Because it is food for your soul. 
And now realize that if you don't read your Bible well regularly, you will suffer. Because when you don't have enough food in your soul, a whole lot of things will creep in. Anger, depression, impatience. What else? Gluten. What else? We have all kind of things. Hatred, envy, backbiting. Eh? Sickness. And you can be sick too. You know some things are some sickness that you can't find inside the medicine. There are some sicknesses, the sickness of the soul. You know, there's a. I forgot. I don't know, but I, I'm remembering a Chinese movie or series I watched that somebody was sick. They're like, no, there's. So that this one, that there's nothing doing them, that their sickness is a soul sickness. And that's one thing. A typical example of that is that maybe somebody died and they're not thinking about the person's death. That thinking of the person that can kill them, that can get them sick and then kill them. Mm, before, yes. before I used to think, ah, how can that happen? Later, I realized that, oh, no, this thing can happen. No. I saw it real life. This, uh, there was this US, uh, what's it called? In US, recently there was a shootout. And then a, I think the daughter, sorry, the teacher, there was a teacher that died. When the husband got to know that it, the woman died, he too died about at Hague. I realized that this is their story that they used to say is not fickle. Mm. Right, it's possible. So that it was sick from just being sad. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, so, but here's one thing. That usually happens, right? When we say, when we say the sickness of the soul, there's a lot of that can happen when we don't have enough food for the soul. Mm. Why? Because the soul will be weak. Mm. So right now, everybody should be vexed to go and read their Bible. Mm. <laughs> in case you're not yet consistent in studying mm. and reading. Mm. It is this the word of God. It is food for your soul. Mm. It is food for thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you don't, if that is missing, or more, mm. the soul will be open to all kinds of things. Yes. Things easily come in deep. Yes, you have the pressure, you won't be able to pray. Mm. When you notice that you're not praying as you should, go and read the word. Mm. Mm. You have you have strength to pray. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes if you don't have grace to read the word, go and pray. Mm. You now realize that you can have grace to read the word. Wow. Both of them help each other. Yeah. If you if you don't wow. feel like but if you don't feel like praying and reading the Bible at the same time, you have it as an issue. Hey. Mm. You, have to, you have to awaken that desire. Because if not, the, the world will eat you raw. Hey. Situations will eat you raw. Yes, thoughts would encumber yes. your soul. When it wasn't a thought, yeah. we can't escape thoughts. Mm-hmm. Even when you are perfect, say, I am perfect. When you are perfect, mm. you won't escape thought. Mm. Thoughts will always come. Mm. But to overcome thoughts, mm. what must happen? You must have grace. Mm. Grace. Yes. 
to fight thoughts. Why? Because Satan will not stop you. Yes. Satan will keep. No, sometimes there are some things that happen like a well, but you know, I like that. No, some sometimes, sometimes we just we just show face, right? And when you start showing, you'll be like, I thought, I thought the thing has gone. What's going on? And I was, I was, I was reading Kenneth Higgins, uh, uh, reading Kenneth Higgins, was it? There's a book I was talking. I was talking about thought. And then somebody was, pray- was somebody that was praying? Okay, no, it was not prayer. I think it was more about, uh, yeah, it was asking Brother Higgins. Say, Brother Higgins, please pray for me. Why should I pray for you? He said, he's always having thought. No bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. Again, I said to him, Do you want me to pray that you wow. die? Mm-hmm. Say, No, I don't want to die. Yeah, okay. If you don't want to die, then I can't pray that prayer for you. He said, Because the only time thoughts will stop is when you die. So, which means that he just said, You have to take authority over those thoughts. Say, Thoughts won't stop coming. But you need to take authority over those thoughts. Meaning you need to you need to come over the thought. Because Philippians chapter, I believe Philippians, is it four? That says whatever is true, that Paul, Paul wrote a bunch of things, whatever is of good report, right? Whatever is what? Honest. What is whatever it is pure? Say, think on these things. Those are the things we need to do. You know, but the problem problem to most of the of the issues we have in life is actually inside scripture. Mm-hmm. There's no problem. There's no problem anybody can have yes, that the scripture can't answer. Mm. Wow. If there's no answer, it means that maybe we just don't have found skilled people yet. And it's possible. Right? Now our earthly profession actually helps sometimes because it gives skill. For example, you have a counselor. But to me, a counselor is a pastor. Well, check it. What pastors do mostly is counsel. But it's possible yeah. that a pastor may not have experience in certain things that they want to counsel about. But they were, they might, or, they might, they will always be that are experienced in that area. Right? If you combine pastoral work with counseling, those two are awesome. Because a pastor is pretty much a counselor. He shot, he shot all, all counselors, therapists that people go and visit. They all should be pastors. Why? Because they need to be able to assess you both mentally and spiritually. Because the issue of men is not just physically. Every issue that men, men, or human beings that we have, has a root in the spirit. So a pastor is who can cut out. The counseling part is to maybe see how things flow from the spirit naturally into the, into the natural, into the body, and vice versa. So that, but because sometimes therapists make, sometimes when you go to therapy, they give you, okay, do the, do the, let's see if that will help. And I realize that that may not, that may not solve any problem. The person will keep coming. Because the problem is not a physical problem. Mm. It's a spiritual one. Because it's brilliant, there's we should start going to Abalist and all these people so that they can start uh, being incantation on your head. 
you know, so because I, I know back back in Nigeria, there's, there are some people that will have mental issue. Yeah. They'll carry them, bundle them, yeah. and throw them to native doctors. And then those ones that carry that we do juju and we give them some kind of concussion to eat. Yeah. And I realized that ah, sir, we know that this issue is spiritual, but this, this is not the way, man. Yeah. <laughs> you need to. This person needs to pray. Pray for this. That this you need to do. Pray, and then there are some maybe things that they will advise. Right? Amen. Amen. Ah, Thomas Brennan. So, Thomas Brennan, just that name. Okay. So, uh, that aspect of uh, the word, like I was saying, that the word is life. And as I was saying, so we should not neglect that at all. The word of God is life for the soul. If the soul can depict it, the spirit can. The spirit can fetch the life. When you are reading, as you are reading it, right, it's passing through you, through your soul, but your spirit can fetch life out of it. Over time, the spirit can then try to relate that life back to you. Because the spirit would always be in contact with the soul. So, did I explain that aspect before? That we are spirit, mind is tripartite, spirit, soul, and body. I think I've explained it right. Mm-hmm. So we know the function, how things flow, right? So the when you say the real you, the real you is spirit and soul. It's not just spirit alone. Mm-hmm. The real you is spirit and soul. Mm-hmm. Together, but functionally they are different. Mm-hmm. But really, you are a soul. You are a spirit <laughs> that has a soul. That lives in a body, and this body can be changed. If this body fall, they can move the spirit and soul into another body. Which is, I'm not saying that they will leave this body and they look somebody live physically and they throw them there. Or no, I know we used to watch all those movies that somebody will faint or die and then they wake up and somebody has this body. That's not what I'm saying. That that one does it's not different. I mean, they, they do that physically, right? They remove heart and give it. That's not, but this one is where somebody would die and wake up in somebody else's body. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. They look into me. Like, oh, what? This is not me. What happened to me? Oh my! I, oh, I, there's a Nigerian movie where a husband and wife both switch places. I forgot <laughs> that but it was uh, Rabsinwa and. Uh, and um, is, is it um, Oboli or something like that? So Ramsey Noah, which was the husband, entered the wife's body. The wife entered the husband's body. They had to live life as each other. Later they switched. Uh, but I must, that one, that one is that was already that's fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody that says that one, they're lying. It doesn't work. It's a lie. It doesn't work that way. It's fantasy. I'm saying when they when they say that the, the spirit the spirit and soul falls right and they move into another body, I'm saying that there is a change of the body. So when the body falls, this physical body falls, the spirit and soul picks up a spiritual body. So there is a natural body, there's a spiritual body. It will pick up a body that it can function with in the realm of the spirit. Does that make sense? Now, but the body that that soul pick up is not like those are you are seeing, but it will be like this. It will be there will be shape and form. 
or the way the best way to explain it because I'm not it's not this way it is like this right but it's also be like this is my idea making sense mm-hmm. right, so I said to also be like in the sense that there will be shape and form mm-hmm. you just imagine it how would God look right now mm-hmm. God has both shape and form mm-hmm. it's not air well, you know, you can't see it. There's a definite shape, there's a form. All I, the easiest way is, is angels. Do you believe angels exist? Who doesn't, who doesn't believe angels exist here? Nobody. I mean. Or, me, I believe they exist because they are everywhere. <laughs> Amen. Now, we don't see them right, but they are real. If God opened our eyes to see them, you will see them, and they have a body. Right? Yes, the same way they have a body. It's the same way anybody that leaves this earth is going to pick up a spiritual body. Mm. Wow. So for you to function in on earth, you need earthly suit or earthly body. Mm. Wow. If you don't have an earthly body, you can't physically function on earth. However, it is possible, perhaps, I don't know, but I'm saying it from the aspect of scripture in the sense that angels can't directly interfere with a lot of things. Most of the time they use men. It's in rare cases where you see an angel just do something explicitly to change human human destiny. They don't do that. But but when I see them touch nature, the wind. Wow. Right? For example, in the book of Revelation, they say there's an angel came and then he took, he looked at the north, east, and west, the wind. It, it, it says, it says, stop! Do not eat the, eat the earth. Right? The sun is that power over the wind. So, pretty much elements. When it comes to human destiny, hardly do they interfere. They only interfere in extreme cases. And if they will, a man was have given them permission to through prayer. Yeah. Wow. So for example, you hear people give testimonies about maybe they're about to hit a truck and then they move into the truck passed through them within that. Like, what happened? An angel did that. How did they do it? Well, they've been praying. If they've not been praying, somebody prayed for them. It's possible in that instance maybe so God raised somebody. To be praying, just they have a witness and then to just pray, then pray. Then that might give the angel right of way to change things. But but even at that, they are just moving things around them. They have to also move men. They have to men that will actually agree to be moved by them. Because if they come to somebody called Tunji, the person will be like, hmm. You know, all those random thoughts that you have, like, I should call, I should call my friend, and then, oh, I'll call them tomorrow. Hey. Do you know why God puts them in your heart? Mm. I mean, it could just be just merely, maybe it come to your heart, but sometimes, Holy Spirit can put thoughts in you. Yeah. Call this person. You might know why you're calling now. Ah, yeah. You'll just forget about it, and then, and then, what happened? Mm. And then, that would just go like that. Get what I mean? The same way we do that, it's possible that we might have a sense of a need to pray. Mm. And then we just discard it and then continue our day. Maybe God just needs you to intercede for somebody right there and then. But you don't know. Amen. Amen. I think I finally made that.
Christian is walking like this. Take like that, please. Let me twist that way. Please let me turn on the light. Thank you. I think I can see better now. Wow. I know that thing was blinding me. Yeah, I can see your faces now. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's a little, it's a little bit of, of time. So I'm just gisting about you know, that area concerning uh, you know, prayer. I'm saying this to you so that we sometimes not only God is pointing you to pray. Pray, oh. mm. pray. You don't know why. It could be for yourself. It could be for your friend. It means that the, the spirit has led you to pray. Mm. And when things like that happen, almost you might you, you have a sense of the anointing on you to pray. Mm. Just pray. Mm. Just pray. You can be a place where you can pray. Um, mm. Say pray quietly to yourself. Or if you can go to the washroom, go there and pray. Mm. I'm not teaching you to be shady or spooky or around people. <laughs> Okay, let's not be let's not be spooky. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there is that. Um, I, I hope by now, two things I've said that is important is that when we are being led to pray, we pray, and also the desire to study the word. Amen. I hope we can can pick those two. I mean, but I moved here. I was talking about life. I mean. So I was talking about life, and. And I mentioned that when we read the word, right, of course, there's that thing that comes to us that we, we call life. But when we're talking about life, what, what God calls life is something that only he gives to a soul. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, and when you now begin to interpret God's life, right, what God gave, you now realize that it has to do with God's own nature. Does that make sense? So what what we call life is not something that is that is elusive and invasive like air. No, sometimes when you talk about God's life, it's almost as if we are talking about air. You know, air is there, but we can't see it and we can't point or define it. That's how we feel most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's not meant to be so. Yeah. I mean, the reason is I'm saying that's how we start. But as we grow, see that air should be much more definite. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know we can't read air or tell it, but you know you can you can measure it. All you need is an instrument. Mm-hmm. So you don't know. Say the scripture tells us about those that are sons of born of the spirit, right? You don't know where they are coming from, where they are going, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So is everyone that is born of the spirit, okay? So because it's like the wind. Uh-huh. But do you know mm. that you can read the wind? All you need is just the wind gauge. Mm. The wind gauge can tell you the speed and direction of the wind. What am I saying? It means that if you have the instrument, you can tell. <laughs> so the same way you can have an instrument, naturally to tell things, inside of you, there should be instruments. Mm. To tell. What is God? What is God doing? 
Meaning that you need the instrument to interpret God's life. So when you have a moving that seems fading and you know you don't know ah, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. There's wind on my hand. Oh wind on my hand though. It's, it's blowing it's blowing my hand. But what, what does wind look like? I don't know. I can just feel it. It means something like there's a tool needed to interpret. So if you now have a wind, we'll be like, oh, the wind is moving, no? it's going that direction, and the speed is this direction. Is this, is this, it's not that, the speed is this, how many kilometers per hour or something, whatever. You get that. Uh, so they can tell us the speed. It means that inside of you, there should be instrument to interpret God's life, whereby it can be something meaningful to you. Does that make sense? Now, when you realize that when God is giving his life, when you now begin to interpret it, what you now begin to see are things like meekness, humility, mm. gracious, be wow. merciful, kindness, long-suffering, patience. But most of us will never consider those things as God's life, mm. naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just think it, we think it as something God has. Yeah. But yeah. those things that God has is, is, is are elements of his life. It's not just merciful because it's merciful. It's merciful because it's merciful. <laughs> Almost as soon as I said the same thing. <laughs> but do we get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Yes. Mercy inside him is a nature mm. which, which tells us certain things that God does. Yeah. And there's a certain nature that inside him that tells us what God do, cannot do. I know there is, I know there is the song, what God do, cannot do does not exist. When it comes to the natural and giving you things in the natural, of course, we can talk about that. But in the spirit, there are things God cannot do. For example, mm-hmm. we cannot lie. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So when they are singing that song, what God cannot do does not exist, they are talking about power, the ability of God to do something for you in the natural. But when you look at it literally, is there something that God cannot do? Yes. Number one, he cannot lie. Right? He can. Number two, he cannot sin. He just can't. And there are things that make sure that he can't inside of him. What 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 ensures that it can't do that is actually nature inside him? But most of us may never see na- those natures as something tangible, right? Mm. Or we may never see how being merciful yeah. can ever stop us from sinning. Mm. Or how being meek can mm. stop us from sinning. Mm. Or how what else? Mm. Or how long suffering mm. or patience mm. can stop us from sinning, mm-hmm. can stop us from lying, yes, mm. can stop us from everything against God's life. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's particular to God's life. So God's life, in as much as it is spiritual, it is tangible. 
when it is held, it will become beautiful natures mm. in the soul. Wow. Ah, thank God. It's like I'm going to end this message quickly today. It's like God has helped us. I don't think I need to talk too much. <laughs> you are laughing. Why are you laughing now? It's like you don't believe me. Amen. Amen. What I'm saying now has pretty much connected me to what I was just saying. But let me see that we find because we've read Ezekiel right that told us my covenant is with him of life and peace. Right? Now there's another scripture I want us to read. Romans chapter eight, verse one. Amen. Can let me read uh, Romans eight, verse one to two. I think. Romans eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law, verse two. For the law of the spirit of life mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, see that first one. Say for the law of what? Of the spirit of life. Now, I, I really need to ask, please, what do we what do we used to call the spirit of life again? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ. What's that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We used to think the law of the spirit of life is actually Holy Spirit. You're laughing. Is that is that what you used to think of it too? Why are you laughing? Now, I want, to, I want to tell us something. See, thank God you mentioned that. You know why? See, when you are reading scripture, things that they write down have meaning. If they say the law of the spirit of life, then we should understand what the spirit of life is. Then we should understand what law is. Most of the time, that's what Get, put veil in our yeah. face when we read scripture. Wow. Notice that if you are usually not too challenged about things, mm. when you are reading scripture, you would ignore many things. Yes. Wow. But certain wow. keys lie in you. When you read, you hit something you don't know. Mm. And then you begin to ponder. Then meditate on it. Mm. Begin to think about it until you understand. If you even don't understand, okay. If you have people, you can ask about it. This thing called the law of the spirit, what is it? Mm. That's how you grow. Mm. If if you can't define things like that, you know, you just read it. You just notice that the same thing you know is the same thing you keep knowing. Why? Because mm. the things you just give you find interest is only to you pay attention to. Everything you that the moment you don't just throw it away. Mm. Throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> See, as you are trained everything away, you are trained understanding away. As you are throwing those things away, you are throwing knowledge away. As you now realize that there's mm. that attitude is an attitude that does not invite help. Mm. Why, why do I say so? The scripture says something. It says, it says that because you have rejected knowledge, that is, I forgot. Well, I think it was yours. Was here? 
was a seer, right? <laughs> so because you have rejected knowledge, I would also reject you. That's God speaking to Israel. No, let's, let's read it actually. Go help me find it. Sorry, which one? Hosea 4 verse 6. Yes, let me read it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Say, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That, that, say my people. Now, that my people is referring to you and I today. Are destroyed. Does not mean that somebody, something came and killed you. That destruction has a lot to do with soul destruction. Right now, of course, that can manifest in the natural when you know you're ignorant of certain things, can allow a, lot, a whole lot of things to happen in the natural. Right now, in short, most of the reason why we suffer as children of God is because we are ignorant of many things in the scripture. There are many things that will happen to you that you should never allow, right? But how would you know what you shouldn't allow if you don't know the scripture? How would you know certain things that you should allow to stay, for example? I've heard in the scripture that says, take no thought. Mm. Okay, fine. If you've not encountered that, how do you know that there are some thoughts you shouldn't take? Mm. How do you know that there are some thoughts you should take? Are you not, rec- are you yes. not seeing how things are flowing down into yeah. our nature? Yeah. Can you imagine how that will affect our life generally? Because mm. most of the time, when we do certain things, we shouldn't do it because we are ignorant of certain things. Yes, sir. Most of the time, when we don't follow leading, there are things we are ignoring. Mm. Sometimes you can be ignoring the hunch of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost gives you a hunch, you mm. can ignore it. Now, check it. Most of the time, well, not, not all the time, but most of the time when something bad that you don't really want to happen happens to you. Right? Let's say maybe you are doing something and maybe you put something and then it fell and broke. Let me ask all of us. How many of us, when we are doing something, something will give us a sense about that thing? Am I lying? Yes, sir. But most of the time we just ignore it. So when that happens, like, oh, I should have actually done that yeah. thing, know that. Yes, I mean, what the, does that happen to us? Yes, sir. Hmm. What would you do? We ignored something. We ignored the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're about to make a mistake. A thought occurred to you. I'm just ignored and then you know, like, oh, I made a mistake. You know, like, hey, that thing that came to me had. Don't need ah, I'm not avoided this mistake. If you are the kind of person that do that a lot, I think there's a message for you still that make sure you listen to the holy voice of the spirit. Make sure you eat simply not hard. But you know all these things is actually tied down to our nature. If you are the person that ignores the Holy Spirit, you realize that you are the kind of person that that ignores most things naturally. If you are doing certain things, maybe you are cooking or you are reading or you are doing something, you are watching, you are the kind of person you notice that in your nature you usually ignore things. Mm. That thing will follow you into the spirit. And it will follow you into your core nature. Mm. Mm. If you are the kind of person that doesn't usually care about things, 
realize that when it comes to about the things of God, you won't naturally care about some things. Mm-hmm. When you are reading scripture, there are some things you won't care about. Okay? But yes, there are some things that these things mean, but we should care about them. In short, when we meditate on them, that's how sometimes we have breakthrough. Because things you ignore that you don't even find their meaning is a gap in your understanding. And it will show in your understanding. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. So I guess I've said that. Then let me move forward. So I'll say that scripture that says, the law of the spirit of life, right, in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And I talk about that law of the spirit of life. Now, whatever it is, whatever is a spirit, right, which the scripture talks about, the spirit of life, Check it, it's a small letter S. That thing can be referring to a law. Because there's the spirit of man, right? Which is also a small S. But when you hear spirits in regard to things that is not that is not the spirit of man, so for example, the spirit of life is not talking about life became a ghost. You want to talk about you no? Know, there's a way. There's a way our mind interprets that. When you hear spirit, there's a way. I don't know. You said that I did that thing. But the moment we hear spirit, the first thing we start thinking about is a person, shape or form, like ghosts that used to chase people, right? So most of the time, we think about Holy Holy Spirit, and then the spirit. So that is why it was easy for us to interpret that spirit of life as the Holy Spirit, right? Because when you have the Holy Spirit, you have life in you. That's how we used to quote it. But when you're talking about the spirit of life, there is something about a law. That's why they say for the law of the spirit of life. Because it is a law. It is human being that walk with a law. Or living living things, living creature, or things living walk with a law. For example, a bird, when it's flying, it's flying with the law of flight, which means how it flies with a law that defies gravity, right? So it is flying. So it's flying by a law. It's living by a law. Human beings, we also have laws. An example of that is our government. They give us law. We must abide by this. Don't speed. Don't do these things, right? See all those laws. It's a spirit. Because it's going to... How is it a spirit? Because all those laws, when you obey them, it's going to create a kind of behavior. Does that make sense? So it's going to create wow. a kind of behavior. Wow. So the reason why they gave law in the country is to set the behavior. They, they are setting the expected wow. behavior of, of citizens. Mm. So if you are in this country, you must obey this law. Wow. When you obey this law, there's an expected behavior mm. in the country. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. You now realize that that is tied to attitudes, culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is why, as you are going out, mm. and somebody carry a cup of drink and they just throw it on the floor, it will hurt you inside. Like, What's that? What kind mm. of behavior is that? Mm. It's because there's a law inside you yes. that is against doing that kind of a thing. Yes. Wow. And the moment they offended that law, something, something the, the, the law showed that it was offended by you. Behaving, ah, ah, what kind of a thing is that? Yeah. <laughs> they have offended, somebody has offended the law. Wow. I now realized, okay, ah, I don't know why I'm talking about law today, but you now realize that you, as a person, you are full of laws. Yes, Some of those laws are, are not good. Some are yes, good. Sir. When people offend you, mm-hmm. what happens is that they have offended the law in you? 
So maybe somebody laughing at you. Maybe let me know that Maybe somebody playfully making jest of you. Maybe against a law inside of you. And that's why you're sitting there. I don't like that thing. I don't like it. What you don't like is a law. What is coming out of that? I don't like that thing. That means that what they are doing is a law inside you. Now, let's sit down as he's taught many, many laws. So, your, your fight with your friend uh, as a result of them offending a law inside you. But you now realize that that law is not the law of the spirit of life. So, what God wants to restore back into you is his own laws. And how he gives you is by giving you the law of life. So, the law of life inside God, right, is being transferred to you. So you too, you will receive a law of life. Is what I'm saying making sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so which means that walkings inside God that gives God the ability to detect what is good, what is bad, what to do, what not to do, things to do in certain situations, things not to do. I see that all those things are laws inside him. They are laws inside him. Which means that if you can get God's law, you will be like God. That like God is talking about nature-wise. The way God is. Why? The way God is are laws. The way it is, the way he behaves, the way he thinks. You know they give us insight in some of those things in scripture. So he who walk after the counsel of his way. You hear things like that. Now, you see, counsel of his way. What's that counsel of his way? You see that, that you can find mercy inside there. Because mercy counsels God. Not that mercy is a nature in him. Mercy is a law in him. So what God is worried against is law against laws. That is where, you know when laws are at war, what you find is a war. Also, when you find laws conflicting, yeah. what you find is a, is a war. Now, Ukraine and Russia, the reason why they are clashing is because there's a clash of law. Why well, there's a law inside Russia that Russia wants to establish in Ukraine. And Ukraine has their own, said no, we don't want it. What happens? War. They now, now begin to see Paul talking about certain things like there is a war there's, there is a there is a war that my body is at war so that which I want to do in the body well, I don't I do not but that which I don't want to do is what I do so there is what a a constant warring inside I who's that how did he say let me read it I want to, can you help me find it and read it please because I don't think it's good to mention it and not clarify it. Romans yeah, I know it's Romans. Mm-hmm. Romans seven nineteen. Mm-hmm. What does it say? Verse 14, for okay. we know that the law is spiritual, mm-hmm. but I'm carnal, 
sold under sin. Mm. 15. For that which I do, I allow not. Mm -hmm. For what I would that do, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that already in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, already no good thing. For to will is present with me. But that to perform that which is good, I find not. Yeah. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that do it in me. I find then a law that when I will do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into the captivity, into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Do we understand what he's saying here? Hmm? I guess from the explanation of laws, you know, now it's, it's saying two things. There's a law in my members, there's a law in my mind. See two places. There's a law in my members, there's a law in my mind. And the law in my members is talking about flesh. Now, it's not just, when you talk about flesh, they would say, you know, most of the time we talk about flesh, we don't talk about the body. Right? This body. Right? But this body, it's not what they are referring to when they are talking about sinful flesh. Because flesh itself is a life and is a law. Which can be inside our, that our members, they are talking about our soul, really. Because yeah. as you have members in the body, you have members in the soul. Right? So they are talking about the soul. So inside the same soul, there is a law in my mind. But there's a law in my members. So that saying that inside the same soul, there's two laws. Flesh and life. But the flesh is, is, will always war against the spirit. Now, see that my mind, the, the law in my mind, nobody make a mistake. It's not just talking about me thinking the law about me thinking about the law that is mean that it's in my mind because I wish I do them. That's where most of us are. Because when it comes to righteousness, we always think about it. We don't actually do. Because our members don't yield. Sometimes, when we know even certain truth in scripture, we don't do them. Because we don't have grace and strength to work it out. Wow. Amen. But we need what? Grace and strength. Is there, do you have any question? Or is anything I'm saying confusing? Do you have any question? Or is it clear? Any question? No question. Okay. I'm, I'm trying. Ah! Okay, I'll soon end up now. What I'm saying like 15 minutes now, but let's hope I quickly round up so I can finish. I'm just finding place to, to talk about this. Is so, um, so the, you see this law in my mind that is talking about, the law in my mind, the law in my mind that is talking about He's talking about a place, a possible place that a law can be. But it doesn't mean that we fully come into the law. So, for example, 
when you read the book of Hebrews, you see where the Lord, where God is saying, I will, in the issue, the covenant mm. is that I will write my laws in their mind and in their heart. Two places where the law must be written. Mind, heart. Those two things, he's talking about the full establishment of law in his soul. If it is in the mind and it's not the heart, it is not, it does not have strength yet, but it is good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. It is good, but there's no strength yet. There's some strength in having it in the mind, but it's not full yet. So I guess, I want to say mind, it's not just about you thinking about them. It's that it's, it has a lot to do with that, but much more. You have become aware of the law. Yeah. You have become of what you want to become. So all of us, ah, we are, we are going to God. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. The other part is we are actually going to God. <laughs> Does that make sense? So first is, ah, there's that desire to go to God. Ah, I want to pant, I want to chase after God. Ah, well, sure, thank you, Jesus. There's that. But there's the, another further step which is part of the whole salvation business or salvation journey, which is the law written in your heart, meaning it is part of you. The, when, it is, when the law is written in your heart, they can't remove it from you. But when it's still in the mind, it means that there's some level of knowledge of it, but it's not fully established, or it has not been on the... It has not been... Rebated into the heart, or the full course of the law has not. No, the, the law has a course that you take. The course is by the seven spirit of God. First, revelation. The law must be revealed. Then you understand the law. Then that is spirit of revelation and the spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? In the knowledge, of, in the knowledge of Him, right? So that's the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Then the next cause of the law is that it has to work with the spirit of counsel and mind. So the law must go through, through counsel and mind. Then the law must now go through the, the last two. Because who is officiating the cause of the law? Is the Lord. When in, in, in which the scripture says the Lord is that spirit. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That spirit of the Lord is not the same as the spirit of the spirit, the law of the spirit of life. Let me put it that way. Because you know, because the word spirit can be confusing. That spirit of the Lord there, you have to talk about the Holy Ghost, the person of the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, the person of the Holy Spirit is one who officiates the law of the spirit of life. So he's the one that can allow the law of the spirit of life to come to a soul, inside a soul. Does that make sense? Now, he's the one that will officiate the course of it. When he brings it through wisdom and understanding, then counsel and mind, then understanding and of the fear of the Lord. So the fear, there will be, there will be the fear of that law inside it. So that fear, is not that you are afraid. That fear means you love it. Fear is love. The spirit of fear is actually the spirit of love. Why? Fear, when you fear God, it simply means you love God. There's nobody that will hate God and fear God. But anybody that loves God, fears God. Why? They don't want to hurt him. They don't want him to be angry. 
is because of love. And, and that can be translated as fear, right? So, the cause of the law will pass through that in a soul. It must pass through you. Understand, revelation and understanding means that they bring you to, they must bring you to the awareness of the law you must walk by. For the purpose of righteousness, right? Now, they bring, they will also now bring counsel. means that the law will begin to counsel you. Then you come into mind to do it. Then by the time you are able to do it well, or you just move into the field. It means you are, you move into love. Mean that when you move into the law, into the spirit of fear, something you are in the fear of the Lord. And when you move into fear, you have actually moved into love. At that time, they can't remove that love from you. Amen. To remove it will take much work. Satan does not like that to happen to his soul. So what should you do? It means that you must hasten to receive God's love. You hasten to receive it. Love it. Ha- l- fall in love with it. When you fall in love with it, then you can get to the point whereby that law is part and parcel of you. They can't remove it. So when Paul is saying the law in my members is at w- there's a law at war. Right? Meaning the law in his members is warring against the law in his mind. It means that the law is already there, but it's not yet ribbited enough. That is why the member is still worried against it. it is, the reason why the member is warring against it is so that it doesn't stay in the heart. If it is in the mind, they want to get rid of it out of the mind. Because you, at that time, you still love many of your natures. So when the law of the spirit of life is coming to you, and then you are finding grace to ignore them. What you are doing is that you are stopping that law from being written in your heart. I'm stopping the law from being written in my heart. But the moment I agree, now realize that the law will have strength against the law in your members. The law in your members will disappear. Because the moment it is written in your heart, your members, they lose, they lose, they lose strength. Why? Because you have an you have an answer to that which your member is bringing forth. So the moment, first of all, they don't even like you to have the law in your mind. But the moment the law enters the mind, that time, eh, your the members of your body will fight to get rid of that law. Yes, sir. It's like in the you know in Canada we have the legislative uh, arrangement when they want to make pass a law. They bring it. They have to debate the law before the all of us, all of them now vote before they are now agree on the law. Mm. It's like some some people in the parliament may be looking to get rid of the law. No, that law must not stay. Mm. And then they will talk, they debate. Then whoever has the highest vote will get rid of. You know, okay, now we all we all vote that will not pass this law. Then the law will not hold, right? That's the same way. The laws in your member, they are fighting against the law of God that is coming to you. Because they see a change, they see the end of their tenure. And the moment they see it, they will not begin to war. Mm. Don't, don't let this thing stay. So keep hearing the word of God, but don't change. Keep hearing the word of God, but don't change. Keep hearing the word of God, but ignore it. Hear it, ignore it. Keep ignoring it. They don't realize that you can have the word around you and you can keep ignoring it for years. They don't want, his, your members is fighting against that law. Don't stay here. Don't stay here. Now you realize that a law eh, has to do with how you, you will be as a person. Mm. 
The love that is at work inside you is your nature. Does that make sense? Now, here's the thing. I know most of us, when we think about church and we think about going to church and think about Christianity as a whole, there's, there's a way we get tired of it. It doesn't make sense. But, he, and, but there lies the secret to life, really. Simple. Christianity is real. It's real. And it is, it is possible to be beautiful. Yes, sir. It's impossible. I'll explain what I mean by that. Because that's really, really the message. That's really, really what I saw earlier. Which is why I asked the question, when you say to be beautiful, what do you see? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to paint a picture of what you should see. Mm. When you're thinking of being, mm. when God beautifying you, the question, who is he going to beautify you with? It's his life. Yeah. What is going to beautify you with is, now what makes God, oh my God, what makes God beautiful is his life. How many of us know that God is beautiful? Yes. Even though we've not seen Him, we know He's beautiful. Yeah. How do we know that? Because we've been able to smell a little bit of Him. Yeah. When you're under the anointing and you ask, ah, I just want to be close to you, Lord. Yes. You know what is happening? In the anointing, you feel, a, you see a sense of beauty. So when God is coming to you, I don't know how God does this thing, man. There's a lot of God will say so many things to you in an instant when the anointing is on you. Although, what you might be feeling is that I just want to stay in your presence, Lord. I just there's nothing like your presence, Lord. All I want is to be with you. But you don't realize that as, as you are having that emotional flow inside you, God is saying so many things to you about His life because inside that flow, you see patience, you see love. Because most of the time we feel love a lot because God is yeah. love. But there's a whole lot of things inside there too. Inside there is meekness, kindness, brotherly kindness, love, charity. What else? Patience, long suffering, selflessness. That's very important. <laughs> When you, have, when you not see, you not see that all these things, God inside that same another way, all you are seeing is love. When you not pay a little bit more attention, when God or when God awakens an instrument inside you, you can smell other things. Wow. See that love is an awesome picture, but there's more inside. Inside that love, you find peace, patience, long suffering, brotherly kindness, meekness, truth, yeah. charity, all those things that's inside there. But all you, all you can pick and smell is just love. But when we grow, you see that you can smell much more, more fav- flavors than love. Inside the anointing, you smell peace. Kind, you'll be seeing all kinds of things that flow inside God. Do you know the anointing itself is not just something that is on you. The anointing is a carrier. I, I think I've explained this before. Do you all remember that? I mentioned, I mentioned that the anointing is a carrier. Yeah. We all remember the teaching, eh? Yeah. <laughs> when that um, Psalm 45, I believe, that was saying, all thy garments are smell of myrrh, mm-hmm. aloe and cassia, right? And then we, we saw in uh, Exodus where God told um, Moses to take different spices with which he would make the anointing oil. Mm-hmm. So the anointing itself is a carrier. So inside the anointing, there are many things you should see. 
means that what is the anointing carrying? Because the anointing is flowing from God, whatever it is carrying to you, you would always smell God's nature inside it. Because it is flowing from him. And that anointing will carry his nature. Does that make sense? So which means that when he carries nature to you, you should, you should see those natures inside the anointing. But because we are not, we have not grown. Most of the time, we don't see that. All we see is just I want to be with you. We like the anointing. We like the prayer. We like. We see that there's too much. There's just so much love. God loves us so much. Oh. yes, He does. But inside that love, look further. You need a, you need, you need, a, you need a Google, Google of Google. Of, is it Google of faith? More Google to zoom. You know, like it's like stethoscope. Is it stethoscope? Uh-huh. People that are nurses, they can tell us microscope. Oh yes, microscope. Stethoscope is what we hear the heart again. It is microscope. Yes. The microscope, things you can't see. Yes. When you put it under it, you can zoom into the particles and show you the content of that, that particle. Inside you can see what is in your blood. You can see everything in there. Things you can't see on your skin, you can put it there, you can see it. Mm. We need, we need, you know there are spiritual instruments like that. Yeah? I know some of us are wondering, what are those spiritual instruments? How can we get it? Some of us that love God like that, that's already what I think. <laughs> you can get it. It's, it is the Holy Ghost that will build it inside you. It can give you gifts. It can awaken things inside you. One thing I know for sure is that everything that is closed up inside us, in a way, shuts us off from the realm of the Spirit. So, for example, if somebody naturally is closed off from being sensitive to others. You know that that person will have a difficulty being sensitive in the spirit. Yes, sir. If you have people that usually just neglect things naturally, you'll realize that they will have that too in the spirit. They'll just... Because those, those things are channels that is closed off. Now, when you have channels free, open yeah. to God, you notice that God can approach and reach you in many different ways. Yeah. Not just one way. Mm-hmm. I realize that God is very dynamic. Mm-hmm. God is very mystic. Some, some, some solution to many problems we have requires a particular way of Him flowing to us. Mm-hmm. But because we shut it off, it will yeah. be difficult for Him to reach us. So, He will try to use all the available channels. But most of the time, sometimes you will try to open that channel. So when they are telling you to die to things, really what, are, what God is doing is opening you up. The more open you are spiritually, the more God can actually flow to you. So the, why you not say being open? I say spiritually because, but the way we interpret it is in the natural. So in the natural, the more open you are, the more open you will be spiritually. But it's, it's not actually from the spiritual, it is actually spiritual to the natural. So it doesn't flow back. If I mean, it flows back, back, back. But the way it should be is in, from the spirit in the natural. Mm-hmm. So when you now notice that there are channels, you as a person can tell places inside of you that you've closed off. Yeah. Now, and there's a way to identify that. It means that when things are trying to happen in that area around you, usually just ignore it. Don't, you don't even have strength for it. And you get you are comfortable there. But when you check it, you notice that you are closed off somehow. Wow. That, that's just it. Mm-hmm. And when you are closed up like that, it means that you are missing a lot yeah. in experience. experience. Things you can experience is limited to only areas that is open. Mm-hmm. 
See those areas that is closed off, it means that you won't be able to experience God that way. But you need to be able to experience God in all areas. Amen. I think I've explained enough these areas, so I think I should be running up. Honestly, if I don't stop, I'll be continuing talking for the next two hours. But what I was trying to say so that I can I can put this to an end is that I'm trying to put a picture to all of us in certain areas where we need to just open up to God. Open up to God. If we certain areas in our life that we are close up, there are probably areas that God will want to take to open you up. You know what it is that God is just setting you up in certain situations to, to hit that area. They are trying to hammer it out. So most of us, we might escape, we might escape growth. Hey. If we keep ignoring those areas, notice that we are not growing. We are not growing spiritually. Amen. Amen. So when I say the law of the spirit of life, right? There's, there's, that's what life is. So I, I think I, I makes I makes what I'm trying to say now that when we read scripture and then we see that thing, we feel ah life. We feel like life. <laughs> it's food for your soul. But the actual actual food. Is that thing you just ate will be converted to something that is visible in your in your physical body, which is nature. The only let me, let me say what how the what you can what's the right way to say it? How to convert or when things spiritually is converted to something tangible inside you, what it comes down to is nature. Nature, grace, skill, things you can do. Right, so I guess part, partly what I'm trying to also beat down is that idea that spiritual things is always just only like air. That it's all, it's just most of the time, you no, know, and that's the reason why the world and all all, all the smart people used to beat Christians, right? Because sometimes, of course, the way the way of the way the Christian life is based on faith, of course, but they used to laugh at us because most of the things that we say they will see a person that say they are spiritual. Oh, I'm spiritual. I love my prayer. You know, read my Bible. You know, ah, I see visions and things like that. And then when they, when they behave, they be like, ah. And this was a Christian one. Huh? So they just laugh at us and go. Why? Because what we are professing doesn't seem to be what we are doing. And then the world will not be laughing at Christians saying, those ones don't know what they are doing. Why? Because everything else that anybody can claim outside nature's being changed or coming into gifts of the spirit, the world already have it. Mm-hmm. Or you don't think so. Most of the things that are related with money, the world has money. You don't have to be a Christian to have money. Mm-hmm. Money is only a factor. Mm-hmm. What else? Is it... Uh, what else? What else? What else? Ah, there was a thought in my head, but I forgot. Or let me put it this way: anything that anybody can have without being a Christian is not part of the reason why God wants you to be born again. It's not part of God's life for you. It's as simple as that. Does that mean you wouldn't use car? Use it. Does that mean you will not rent a house where you live? Of course, you have to live somewhere. 
right? You get a job, you have some money. You might even be a millionaire, but that has nothing to do with God's life. Right? Now, the interpretation, when God's life is interpreted, or when God has, the flow of life has rested upon the soul, what it is interpreted as is a nature. So when God is giving you life, the proof of it is not that as you are reading, you just felt the anointing. Just as you are reading Bible, you are talking to people, you are just feeling the anointing every day. Ah, it just feels so good. It's a good thing. But that is not the proof of receiving God's life. When you have received God's life, see everything you are feeling will result into certain natures like meekness. Not being proud. Being easily corrected. Easily to take fault. Easy to love. When Paul was dealing with Corinthians. He was saying something to them at some point. I think First Corinthians chapter 6. When he saying, there is utterly a fault among you. Why? You do not take fault. Meaning those that are fault, they don't take their fault. Ye defraud. So some, some brethren were defrauding others. They are not, not even believers. They were defrauding brethren. Brother to brother were defrauding themselves. Right? The people that they are defrauded, they are not forgiving. So, is Paul is now addressing both people that are defrauding people and the people that are defrauded. Because he's saying amongst them, he's telling pretty much to those that were defrauded, he's telling them they don't have charity, they don't have love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because when they are offended, they would not... Because part of showing love is that you would rather be offended than taking them to court. Because what was happening is that they were not taking themselves to court. So, as a brother, you would rather be offended than to take your brother to court. That is the sign of love. But they won't do that. They'll take them to court. It's not, it's not saying that, ah, see, something is definitely wrong with you people. There's nothing called love inside you. And you that are defrauding, you too. You will not take your fault. And you too, you are defrauding brethren. Right? So it's not telling them that they have they have problem, serious problem. There's a fault in them. <laughs> but if they have to remove that fault, you now realize that they have charity. No, they will be righteous and won't be defrauding each other. Right? Mm-hmm. So the proof, so those people have no proof that they have God's life. So the proof of God's life is that you begin to see certain natures. Amen. Amen. So God's life is interpreted into natures in a soul. I'm just, there's a whole lot of things to talk about that life. I'm just saying that when, it, when you say, I'm receiving God's life, you notice that that, that life that you are receiving is, is has to become a law inside you. And when it becomes a law, it will, turn, it will, it will correct attitudes it will, it will shift nature. Things you love to do, you would really, really do them no more. At levels that you really want, don't want to do them no more. Amen. Now, I think this is where I'm going to end the preaching. I'm closing my Bible. Show you a scene.
Amen. So we've read Romans, right? Now let's go to Isaiah 52 because that's the place I was trying to go to since. Right? So Isaiah 52 verse 7. So it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. Say that publisheth peace. So that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. So this is where Paul quoted in Romans 9. Is it 9 or 10? 10. Romans 10. This is where he quoted. So as he said, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him. I don't think Paul mentioned mountains. See how beautiful are the feet of them that bring it to him. But the 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 the, the, the scriptures how beautiful upon the mountain. See that word, how beautiful what upon the mountain. See that mountain is talking about a particular place. That mountain is the mountain of Zion. Right? Because he said. You notice that in this verse 7, it says, That said unto Zion that God reigneth. That said unto Zion, Zion is a mountain, thy God reigneth. This, this saying unto Zion that God reigneth is almost like an explanation of that verse 7. Now, I'll explain to you. It said, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bring good tidings that publish peace. That bringeth good tidings of good, that publishes salvation. That saith unto Zion, that God You will be wondering, how does that say Zion relate with what we are saying? Right? But you are saying that the people that are on the feet will say unto Zion, that God reigneth. Right? But he's actually explaining those two things. Saying, saying to Zion, God reigning. Right? That saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Is explaining the interaction between the feet of them upon the mountain and the one that publishes salvation. No, there's one that publishes peace. Now, the one that publishes salvation is God reigning. Beautiful upon the mountain, how beautiful upon the mountain at the feet of him that bringeth good things or good tidings that publishes peace is really Zion. Does that make sense? Now, Upon Zion, they said, this is also Isaiah, but I'm going to quote it and run away. He said, out of Zion, is, is it Isaiah? I'm not too sure. I forget. Out of Zion, the, perf- the perfection of beauty, God had shined. Right? They're saying Zion, which is the, that's why I say, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of them that bring it good tidings. Now, this is talking about the particular nature of those people that are upon the mountain. It says, how beautiful are the feet of them. Now, technically, they are saying these people upon the mountain are those that bring salvation or that bring, so that bring peace. They publish peace. I mean, they write, they write and publish peace. You know, a publisher, I mean, when you... Is, a publisher is a mass producer. 
So they are publishing this means that you have you have people living a life of peace. You remember I mentioned earlier that there's a life and peace. Right? Now notice that it says here that published peace. Then Paul said, How beautiful are the feet of them that bring it good tidings. This particular verse, where he quoted from, is what tells us that that good tidings is actually for the publication of peace. And remember, I mentioned to you that God gives life and peace. Yes, that is the first stage. Right? And that is those that are beautiful. So, those, I mentioned to you earlier that life is the entrance of the life of, of Christ. Right? Peace is when you are the, at the mountain top. I mentioned now that peace is a marker of a particular phase, right? And then I explained that when you come into the life of Christ, you get life first. Then when you have it abundant, you get to peace. So now what I'm trying to explain is that there's a journey from coming to life and then ending in peace. Zion is a mountain. You have to climb Zion to get to the top. At the feet, before you start climbing, what you get is life. When you finish climbing mountain to the top, what you get, you get to the peace top. Now, when you get to the top, what you now begin to, when this kind of people, see the people that are climbing the mountain, they have changed though. Now, when, you, when they get to the top of the mountain, they have become so beautiful. That's what they said, how beautiful on the mountain, upon the mountain, at the feet of him. Meaning they are standing upon the mountain. Those people, when you look at their feet, it's so beautiful because their feet is carrying the gospel of peace. What that means is that, you know that they are, once they are carrying the gospel of peace, it means that their life is reflecting peace. But peace simply means just abundance of life. When you have come into abundance of life in God, they will say you have peace. But I said, how beautiful on the mountain. <laughs> but that's that. Now that I think, I think I've, I've read the scripture, right? So I'm okay. I'm glad. But this is what I want us to see. And this is the picture we should take home. If you don't, if you don't get anything, we should take this one home. The people that are beautiful on the mountain, there is something that makes them beautiful. It is what they carry inwardly. It's nature. They have come to certain natures of God. Because God himself is beautiful. Before you attain beauty in God, when you you are searching the life of God, the point where something is, is certified to be beautiful, you realize that everything God creates is beautiful. The reason why Everything he created is beautiful because inside of him is beauty. Upon Zion is the perfection of beauty. Meaning that God is using God is using natures from there to create things. Right? Because God is so beautiful. He's a nature inside of him that makes him beautiful. Or let me not say he's a nature. He's a combination of things inside him that makes him beautiful. Now, just imagine this. As you are thinking about God, and, and you are thinking about, ah, God is going to make me beautiful. There are things you should be seeing. Yes. When you are thinking about God making yes. you beautiful, 
You should be able to see yourself having meekness. There should be a picture of meekness that is so beautiful to you which your heart can desire. Not just meekness. There are plenty. I'm talking about all the natures inside God. When you are seeing, ah, when I say God wants to make me beautiful, what do I see? I can say, I see myself becoming meeker. If I can be meeker, I'll be so beautiful. See that kind of thought? Now, know what you must have seen to say that. You must have been able to detect how that meekness must have formed a kind of behavior, attitude inside of you that looks so appealing and so beautiful. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Patience, long suffering, selflessness, brotherly kindness, faith. You should be seeing all these things inside of you. You should be seeing yourself being able to carry these things. And that picture should look so beautiful to you. Because the beauty there is you being seen, being able to see natures that things can work in you. You can see yourself behave so meekly. You can see yourself behave so patient. You can see yourself behave so meek, not proud. You can see yourself selfless. You should be able to see selflessness as an attribute that can make you beautiful. You can see how not sitting for your own comfort can make you look so beautiful. But most of the time we don't see those things. We don't. What we in short, what we are thinking about selflessness, sometimes you can be you can be arguing it out. I just like my peace now. Should be I just like to be comfortable. Otherwise, uh-uh. is it not good to be comfortable? It's good to be comfortable, Jerry. I mean, and then the world will now even give you a form of righteousness and say that take yourself, take care of yourself first, yourself first, then the world later. I think it's a selfish thought. Yes. Nobody is saying you should not watch out for your health, but that thing is just entrenched selfishness. Some of us we like comfort too much. And and comfort is an enemy of righteousness. If you love your comfort too much, it is 100% guaranteed you will offend brethren. I mean, it may not be glamorous, but you will. If you love your comfort too much, let me even leave bread. If you love your comfort too much, I can tell you 100% there are, there are things you won't be able to come into in God. Because there are some things that require selflessness for you to inherit. Most of the time, we don't see all of our comfort, our selfishness as something that needs to be warred against. Because to us, it doesn't look like God would reward such a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How many of us think that God can actually reward you being selfless in going to church? Mm-hmm. Rather, rather than staying in your comfort. Most of us may not think that ah, God can reward. God does reward such a thing. Wow. How? You will gain life. When God is fighting selfishness inside you and me, there are many. Th- <laughs> Some of us have been so used to selfishness that it doesn't look selfish to us anymore. <laughs> but just sometimes it can take being, you know, just because you know the thing, the, the the easiest thing to do 
is to sit down in our own comfort. Mm. Because there just takes no effort to come out of it. But I'm already comfortable. Ah, please let nobody disturb me. Time, I'm, I'm ending now. Let nobody disturb me. It's very easy to stay there now. You don't realize that it takes more effort to come out of Ah, but I'm so comfortable. Okay, you know what? For the sake of dwelling together with the, with the brethren, let me go to church. Then you go to church, then you meet people. No, no, when you meet people in church, ah, you can be so lively. Ah, so, no, no fellowship one with another brings joy. Yes, sir. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Genuine fellowship yeah. can install joy in souls. Yes, sir. You'll be wondering, am I happy? <laughs> You're just amongst brethren. And there's just so much love. Mm. But you now see that it's things like that is easy in an environment where selflessness yeah. is prevailing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But we should, we should be able to picture what ah, I don't know if I but the picture I'm seeing that we should be able to picture a beautiful life. Yes, sir. By seeing certain natures of God at work in you and me. When you're thinking of God making you beautiful, you see things, you see being, ah, I am just bearing my brother, I'm bearing my sister. This thing can make me look beautiful. Why? Because, ah, I can see myself get to a place where I don't get offended anymore. Ha! Mm. Ah, I can see not be, I can see how not being offended is so beautiful. How, how it fosters a beautiful relationship between me and my brethren. See all those things? Do we think it's beautiful? They are, they are beautiful things to have. We should look, we should be beautified by God's nature. By, by this, this attitude. Ah. I pray God will help us. And when we go home, I pray God would interpret this more for us. Amen. Because Amen. 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 I think I will land up, so I have to stop here so I don't take much time. Because I've promised I will stop soon. So, do you have any questions before I land up? Any question? So what I'm saying was clear. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not confused with the scripture already. It was clear. Okay. Amen. I believe God has helped us tonight. Can we just begin to better over the Lord tonight? Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. Can we just begin to pray for everyone to make us beautiful? That we will desire, that we begin to desire beautiful natures. That will be, God will give us a, a divine side to begin to see how certain natures in God can make us look beautiful. Can make us beautiful. Can help us to be beautiful. We can see beautiful natures in God. Because when we see it, we can go after it. Mesbadata, Ebrata, Ebrata, Fenemush, Emprazetic, Haltic. Verseta, Verseta, Poria, Embrosgata, 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 Zendenemo Shimaragata, Pesino, Pesino Venemate Venepata, Zoprima, Zoprima Zekheriati, Zemsosate Venemo Shmita, Zefneta, Kalitaga, Emprazoto Venemo Shitevaya. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we are praying. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness and thank you, Father, for having you have helped us tonight to find grace in your word. We say we are exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, O oh Lord, that as your desire to make us beautiful, we pray that you would help us to see beauty.
as we ought in the mighty name of Jesus. But wherever there is a veil that is still blinding us from seeing the beautiful life in you, we ask that you by mercy will remove the face of the covering cast over us in the name of Jesus. I will pray for enlightenment, for you to cure our ignorance, enlighten our sight, give light and life to our soul. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name, Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.